Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the US as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships. I can't imagine what my stepmom was probably thinking of me when, you know, she married my dad and now she has a son. Yeah. You know, me. And I was not happy. You were not happy at all. No, I wasn't happy about the arrangement. She was an incredible woman, but, you know, initially I didn't want her in my life. And so it became a difficult transition for all of us. So, I mean, I I think that's pretty common for most blended families, and, you know, we're going to talk about that today. We've got Ron Deal with us in the studio. Ron is the director of Family Life Blended. Ron, welcome to Family Life Today. It's always great to be back with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and so, you know, what you just heard me say is pretty common. I know you talk about this on your Family Life Blended podcast, which is part of the Family Life Network of Podcasts. Uh, is that pretty common? Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, figuring out how you're going to work together and agree, and sometimes you disagree, and that was the topic of conversation that I had with Danny Huerta for the Family Life Blended podcast. And, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about is um, you may not be part of a blended family, at least in your home, but you may be connected to somebody in your extended family who is. And so listen for them, for how you can encourage them. Hmm. But here's the other thing. The principles that we talked about with Danny really apply to all marriages and families. I, so many times I was talking with Danny and I was thinking, wow, Nan and I could have used this hmm. <laughs> when our kids were younger. So feel free to apply the principles to your life and your circumstances. And so we're going to get to listen to your conversation. Tell us a little bit about Danny. I know he's uh, with Focus on the Family, right? That's right. Danny is Vice President of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family. He oversees their initiatives to equip moms and dads with biblical principles for raising healthy, resilient children. He is a bilingual, I should mention, licensed clinical social worker. He's a great guy, good friend, really enjoyed my time with him. He and Heather have two children together, and the book that we talk talked a little bit about is called Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. There's parental influences, whether it be a grandparent or a co-parent in the other household or a new step-parent in the other household. There are people that are influencing this child that's adding confusion to their world, and the child is acting out of all of that confusion. And here we are trying to shape and mold and come alongside and deal with consequences from the past, from the child's actions or somebody else's actions. And man, it just can feel overwhelming at times. Just right off the bat, let's just deal with that. What what does a parent or step-parent do with that overwhelming feeling? Yeah, you, you, you want to step back and figure out the real estate that you actually own in that, as far as emotionally and, and uh, in decisions that you make. Uh, that that is so important to realize. So I use this analogy, Ron, over and over again in my practice, and it's the analogy of cities. Uh, we may talk about that a little later again, but it's the the idea that a mom is her own city and a dad is their own city, and they've been built over time. Each one has their own museum, their own history, and sometimes we let people into our museum to know our past, and sometimes we don't, and uh, and sometimes we just don't want to have have anyone know a certain part of the museum. And then we've got certain parts of our city that people enter into, rough parts, maybe fun parts, maybe some mundane, but just creatively thinking of that. And then you have two spouses that over time built highways to one another and influenced one another. 
and then all of a sudden it's cut off. Mm. But at the same time, they're still influencing the little cities that are called their kids. And then a new city comes in and does things differently. Their culture's different, brand new museum, and they're coming in and starting to build dirt roads to these kids both ways, right? There's a blended family of these yeah. roads. And then you add extended family to that, other cities that are influencing. It becomes very overwhelming. And a lot of times there's disagreement between the two cities that used to be the parents of the original kids. And then you have still influence coming behind there. And you have a city that's divided, which is the child. And so they start to act out in certain ways. So owning your own real estate, how can I love my child well? What do I have control over in recognizing that my child or my children need me all in, loving them and guiding them in a loving way to learn how to love both parents and encouraging them. And if the bridge is out to one of the other major cities, we got to try to repair that. Yes. I mean, from a biblical perspective, that makes perfect sense. You build that and it's healthy for the child. It may feel like you lose a little bit of love from your child and maybe you're wanting that control. And so you have to figure out in your own city, why are you needing so much of your child's love? Why is that? What's going on in your city that you're trying to repair through your children that you've lost from your spouse potentially? And that's where you need to go get the help you need and surround yourself with people that can help you repair within your city so you're not relying so much of the input on your kids and not able to encourage their connectedness with the spouse. Now, there are certain situations, right, Ron, mm-hmm. where that's yeah. that other spouse is in a really bad spot and yeah. you don't necessarily want to encourage that connection. Right, right. Danny, one of the things that I hear people do sometimes when they talk about blended families is talk about all the bad news and they throw out stats and they just leave the stats sitting there. And I got to tell you, it if you were a parent or a step-parent in that situation, you would feel hopeless. Now, this is true. But we're going to get underneath it about why it's true, and that's what's going to be important here. Kids in blended families have higher rates of aggression and depression and behavioral problems and do a little more poorly in school academically. On the whole, in general, compared to kids growing up in a biological nuclear family. We just leave that there as if to say this is all kids, this is why you know blended families are bad or, you know, all those judgmental messages that come through that, that are inappropriate and wrong because the quality of the relationships in any home, single parent home, biological home, adoptive family home, foster family home, blended family home, the quality of relationships at the end of the day has more to do with why we see some of those things in children. It's not the structure of the home that is going to equal where you're going to have a messed up kid. I think that is an inappropriate use of those stats. But what I think is more important to do is to get underneath and go, okay, so sometimes kids in blended families have a reason to be a little more depressed than the average teenage kid. And it's, I think, related to the kinds of hurt that they have experienced, the kinds of transition that's created some instability in their world, in their life, a parent who's not as involved or engaged as a result of parental divorce, for example, and just the sadness and the hurt that comes along with those changes, transitions, unwanted transitions. And so we got to get inside that 
I think it's easy for a step parent who's kind of new on the scene to look at their spouse's kid going, man, you got a messed up child right there. No, let's get underneath it. Like, why is that kid hurting? What's going on? What's the backstory? And then what do we do with that? Okay, just react to that, Danny. Is that is that fitting? Is that a good place for us to start? Oh, it, it is. I call those that wasn't supposed to happen moments. Hmm. It wasn't designed that way. And think about that wasn't supposed to happen moments as parents. Just a regular day. Yep. You have a reactiveness to yes. it. Yes, yes. And when you have a that wasn't supposed to have happen moment that's so big, it really creates a big reaction in a child's life when their life is lived off of emotions rather than experience. They don't have much experience to draw from, and they assume that life is always going to be this way. They think in terms of, I wonder if my parents are ever, ever going to get back together. I wish they would get back together. I wonder if my dad still loves me because he's gone, or I wonder if my mom still loves me. And so they're wondering these things behind the scenes and interpreting life from those questions. Right. And they're right. looking for data, right? They're looking for information to help them with all this interpreting that's going on. And on top of that, they have the other pressures, and then they – they notice the kids that have things intact. They don't necessarily compare themselves with kids that have similar situations. They want that, but they usually notice how much better other people's lives are. And uh, they unfortunately don't get as much of the uh, bids for connection responded to by the parents. They bid for the connection. They're like, hey, pay attention to me. I'm, I'm hurting. And over time, they have this helpless feeling that, uh, yeah, my mom, she's sad. I don't want to upset her or my dad, he's busy. I don't want to bug him. And they don't see their emotions as that important. And so they step back and they start to try to deal with it in their own world. And the, that wasn't supposed to happen moments start to pile up. And unfortunately, some kids, Ron, the one thing you didn't mention there is that suicide rate is also higher. Yeah. And right. they think, okay, I don't have any hope. This, it's always going to be this way. And then they they, they hop out, and I've heard parents afterwards saying, I didn't see this coming, whether it be drugs or other things. And it's because they were so involved in their own world that they missed what was happening in that child's world. We're listening to a clip from our Family Life Blended podcast with Ron Deal. And, Ron, you've got... Uh... Something coming up that's pretty exciting. Yeah, you know, every year, Family Life puts on the Blended and Blessed live stream event. People can attend from <laughs> around the world. It's live in Houston, Texas, so if you happen to live in that vicinity, we'd love to have you join us uh, Saturday, April 2nd, 2022. But you can live stream it from anywhere to your home or to your church. Churches gather people together and live stream it so that they can experience the day together. Worship and praise and talking about the practicalities of blended family living. By the way, the event is live streamed into Spanish again this year. I'm so excited about that. So literally around the world, people will be tuning in. Uh, you know, David and Ann, it's new every year. You know, mm -hmm. people ask me, so is it the same as last year? No, no, no. New theme, new speakers, new subject matter and you know we're trying to give people practical information to strengthen their blended family much like uh, we're doing in this conversation with Danny bids for connection for somebody who's not familiar with that terminology explain that a little bit 
Yeah, a bid for connection is, is, is really what it sounds like. Somebody bidding for connection with you, wanting a connection point with you. So it could be a smile. That could be a bid for connection. It could be a wave. It can be a tug. And uh, our new daughter, uh, 13, she has ADHD and some other things going on, and she'll come and just stare at you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bid for connection. Like, yeah. I am here. Yeah. <laughs> can you pay attention to me? So I, so I have to literally stop, look at her. Hey, what do you need from me right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd love to meet that if I can. Or, hey, can you give me two minutes? I need to finish this, and then I'll be all in with you. I know you want to connect. You want to talk about something clearly. And so let's talk. And so it's a parent being aware enough. But, you know, I've noticed a lot of parents uh, lose appetite. They uh, are trying to navigate a job, a new job, and many hours of work. They're tired. They're exhausted. Then they have the emotional reality of the other spouse potentially doing some things and then trying to connect with new kids, a new spouse, and it's so much that they say, I just, I miss those bits for connection. My child is giving me these hints and I miss them. And so for you, it's give yourself grace, but pause and try to notice, put pause buttons all over your house. And, and that'll just remind you, oh, I just, I need to look at my child's face. I need to look in their eyes. I need to visit their city. I can't just be focused on my own city. I got to go into their city and see what's going on. Driving by and waving at the city is not the same as entering the city and right. going into the park and sitting down and going, "Hey, what's going on?" Yes. <laughs> and connecting with that. No, that's so good. And I think the other side of this that parents need to understand is that in the midst of the confusion and transition and change, kids often, in, in my clinical experience, and I'm I'm curious what yours is as well. Kids of all ages, young, old, teenagers, even adults. Are recognize it. Mom's under a lot of pressure. Mom's trying to figure this stuff out. Mom's got stuff at work. COVID's still in the air. Uh, mom's trying to figure out how to be a stepmom to my step-siblings now. I don't want to burden her. I don't want to bother her. Or I'm concerned that she's already irritated with me. I don't want to make it worse. So I don't really make overt, easy-to-understand bids for connection. I either do nothing and hide it and just get isolated and feel more alone, or I do a bid for connection in anger, something irritating. Do you see that in the kids mm -hmm. you work with? Oh, yeah, or acting out. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. can be uh, in school, acting out. They don't know how to handle the fact that they're not able to bid for connection with somebody that they love. And unfortunately, many teens, their bids for connection go to other friends and other places uh, over time, and then a parent laments the fact that they don't have very good connection with their teens. But that's where the bid for connection now comes from the parent. And you have to be persistent and steadfast in that and not give up because you already experienced rejection in a spouse. Yes. Potentially, right? That's not all blended families. Right. But in the case that's real, uh, the, the reality that some people are, some spouses are rejected, you may already experience those feelings of rejection, then you're experiencing it with your teens or teen. And then you have to bid for connection, putting those fears of rejection aside because you're persistent, understanding that it's not personal. This child's just trying to find connectedness somewhere and stability, and maybe it's finding it in friendships, which is totally normal, normal developmental stage. But you, you can really step in intentionally and have uh, those bids with your child, planning some consistent things, and over time, your child will, will enjoy those. But you have to be patient with that. So I think what we're saying here is both prevention 
and intervention. Prevention for those families that are listening going, well, we don't really have a kid who's acting out. But moving toward your child, seeing their bids for connection, creating opportunities to connect with them, even when they don't seem to be asking for it, is prevention. Because that is, at the end of the day, what our kids want most from us. They just want us sitting in the park with them, throwing the Frisbee, being in their city and being a part of them. This is also intervention for families who do have a a kid they're struggling with. It's always a good idea to move toward that child emotionally, physically. Now, sometimes they got a stiff arm out and they're really angry and they're not going to let you in because of something that's happened. There's a repair that's needed. But in general, Danny, would you... Say to somebody who's struggling with a child, look, always look for the opportunities to move toward them. Yes, yes. Even when there's pushback, rejection, uh, drug use, uh, withdrawal, when they're bragging about everything that they can brag about, in their own different way and personality, they're looking and they desire deep down that pursuit, that connection, the affirmation. Uh, they're looking for a sense of belonging, a sense of competence that I'm good at something. Yeah. And uh, and so just recognize that as a parent, uh, figure out what your own triggers are. If you feel a certain emotion towards your child that disconnects you from them, figure out where that's coming from and maybe talk with a friend about it or process it, journal about it. Your role is to visit that city consistently and go in and ask questions and have curiosity and say, I wonder what's going on in your thought bubbles. You know, I'm seeing all these other things. What's going on in your thought bubbles? I'd love to see them. I can't see them. I I have to rely on you telling me all about them. And I'm sure there are a lot of them that you're not telling me. And I'd love to hear about that whole thought world. Maybe we can meet up at the train station. Our trains of thought can can have a have a meeting somewhere we can have an appointment and and at the train station of our trains of thought we can we can meet up together i'd love to hear what's going on in your thought world we've been listening to ron deal interview danny Huita as they talk about Man, some really, really good stuff in the Family Life Blended podcast. Well, Ron, Danny talked about these bids for connection that our children toss our way, but what keeps parents from hearing the bid and responding? Yeah, you know, that last comment he made was really about connecting, but it's when we don't hear the bid, where we don't connect with our kids. They're looking for time and energy from us. And it happens. And sometimes it just happens because, I don't know, we're busy and our minds are elsewhere and, you know, our hearts are good, but we just sort of don't hear it. Um, but other times it's because we're we're distracted. And uh, I think we all know one of the biggest distractions these days is technology, our phones. Uh, there's a new term. I don't know if you've heard technoference, you know. Mm. Hey, it's a real thing. 65% of moms admit that a device regularly or fairly often interrupts their play or their behavioral management of my, their child. My wife has said that's true in our marriage. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm shaking yeah. my With head. With my phone. I hate to say it, but for kids, the new sibling they have a little rivalry with mm. is our phones. Wow. Right? And so we just don't hear when they walk in the room and just sort of sit quietly and look at us. Mm-hmm. That's a bid for connection. We just didn't catch it because we were looking at our phone. Mm-hmm. We didn't quite understand when they sort of pause around a topic and have some emotion. Well, we didn't actually see the emotion or see the little tear in the corner of their eye or see them, you know, hear them clearing their throat. 
because we're sort of distracted into something that we're involved in. It's like, yeah, we've got to discipline ourselves so that we don't miss those little opportunities to connect. Because here's the thing, David Ann, if we repetitively miss those connections, our children hear a big message of mm. you're not important. Wow. I have better things to do than listen to be and be with you, be in tuned with you. Now, that's not a message we want to send. And they're going to they're going to go somewhere else right. to get that. They need connection. They'll go find it somewhere else. We don't want that. Hey, you don't text and drive. <laughs> I say don't text and parent. Yeah, that's a word right there. Mm-hmm. We should put that above the door in our kitchen. Really? Don't text <laughs> and parent. Uh, last thing, Ron, what are we going to hear tomorrow from Danny? You know, earlier he talked about staying in control of ourselves when we feel disrespected, uh, when a child is doing things that really concern us. Well, tomorrow Danny's going to get very practical about how we actually do that. How do we calm down? How do we stay in, in control so that we respond better? to thank Dave and Ann Wilson along with Bob Lapine and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you would like to purchase the CD of today's program, email us at radio at powertochange.org.au or go to the podcast section of our website, families.powertochange.org.au, where you'll find lots of information, news and resources. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.